Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Radiohead with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's uh, You ever get Radiohead? I never Not here. Under, never, never understood it. Never understood it. <laughs> Uh, sunny and a high of 73 today. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 74. It's 48 right now in downtown Springfield. The keyword to cash. We're still doing it. And we will have another keyword for you just after 8 o'clock. Your chance at $1,000. Uh, sweet. I'm all excited. Because Scott Cohen's going to be on this morning. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I knew you'd feel that way. I, uh, so many know, of us feel that way. He goes on his travels and uh, he still doesn't forget about us. Well, I mean, just you know, the Celtics, it's golf, it's horse racing, uh, other things. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hear him uh, talk about what a great golfer so-and-so was over the weekend. What just an, a phenomenal performance, buddy. Perf- per- phenomenal. <laughs> of course, he's on vacation, probably yeah. not watching any of it. But that's not for me or you to be yeah, complaining no, about. You're right. It's 535 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Want to know what it sounds Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Pink Floyd with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it's going to be sunny today with a high of 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 74. It's uh, 48 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. I'm sorry, I'm just waiting for uh, things to load on the computer screen. Just now? I don't know why that's uh, all of a sudden becoming a snail problem. But here we are. Okay, well, uh, make stuff up. A, uh, A homeless man got in... This is true. Uh, a homeless man got into Owen Wilson's house and put on a pair of his pajamas. His assistant came home and scared the guy off, and the police caught him in a neighbor's yard. Doesn't sound like he stole anything else, though. Just Owen Wilson's pajamas. Yeah. He probably has very nice pajamas. I don't like him. Owen? As an actor. Really? Yeah. What do you think about pajamas? Uh, I don't like pajamas either. Really nice ones, though? No, no. I've never worn... I maybe wore pajamas when I was uh, eight years old was the last time I wore pajamas. What are you going, completely naked in the the sack? What are you doing? No, I wear boxers and a t-shirt. Okay. That's how I do life. I I I'm not being critical. I really don't do much more than that either. And I would never uh, want pajamas so badly that I would break into Owen Wilson's house and put them on. I bet he has nice fabric. I'm sure he does. 80-year-old Harrison Ford doesn't mind getting old. He says, quote, I'm really happy with age. I love being older. It was great to be young, but crap, I could be dead and I'm still working, so go figure. He's not wrong. At his age, I'd probably want to slow down, though. I was going to say, why would you want to keep working? Don't you get to a point where you're just like, eh. You know what? I'd rather go get the Moons Over My Hammies special at uh, Denny's at 4 o'clock. I'm nearly there, Steve. I wouldn't mind a Moons Over My Hammies special. Would you? Over this? 
It's not. Not a problem. A website ranked all 10 Fast and Furious movies. They put the original at number one, followed by Fast Five and Furious Seven. The new movie, uh, Fast 10, came out came in fourth. It also won the box office this weekend with $67.5 million. I wouldn't even know where to begin. How do you put them all in order, other than numerically? How great they are? Yeah. I don't know, because I've never seen a full one of any of them. I've only seen bits and pieces. I couldn't tell you which number is which. But could you have... I'm sorry, so you wouldn't have been able to identify which piece was one or five or eight? No. If somebody told me uh, this movie was made after this year... And this movie was made before this year, and yeah. Paul Walker was in it. I said, oh, yeah, that was the one that Paul Walker was in, or the ones that Paul Walker was in up until he died. I don't know. I don't know anything about the the, the movie. Or the Just franchise. know that there were ten of them. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino announced the death of Leonardo DiCaprio's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood character Rick Dalton. Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow's Video Archives podcast will supposedly be a Rick Dalton memorial. Uh, isn't Rick Dalton a fictional character? Uh, I thought Rick Dalton was, uh, was real. Okay. I don't know. Well, that makes a whole lot more sense. Maybe he is fake. I don't know. Because, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if the movie was based on a true story, actually. (laughs) I don't know. But, uh, if it isn't, yeah, it's a fictional character. Yeah, it was based on the Charles Manson things, wasn't it? Okay. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen that one. Oh, okay. Then you really shouldn't be saying whether or not... That well, that's why I'm asking. Is it a fictional character? I don't think so. I think it was a real person because all that was based around... It was uh, Tate. What's ben her name? Sharon uh, Tate. Sharon Tate. So why is Quentin Tarantino the one announcing this dude's death? I don't know. Wouldn't that be the responsibility of family or loved ones? I guess so. Am I asking too many questions? Yeah, because I don't know really anything about the movie. I'm just the I'm just the Hollywood reporter. You understand that I'm just the it. guy. Uh, I'm the 22 News crew. This is this just is, what you saw. I just saw this. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, then forget I asked any of those questions. All right. Uh, the whole uh, using public domain characters to make horror movies trend is apparently here to stay, at least for a little while, because there are two more in the works. One of them is yet another Winnie the Pooh movie, but it's not a sequel to Blood and Honey. It's a totally unrelated project. It's called Winnie the Pooh Death House. <laughs> and it's described as a cross between The Strangers and The Purge. I've never seen either one of those. I don't know. The, uh, the other one is Peter Pan Goes to Hell, and it's a slasher movie in uh, the vein of Psycho and the lesser-known 1981 flick Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. Well, I can't wait for this stuff to come out. It does sound pretty good, doesn't it? When are they gonna make like a you know like a Barney the the purple dinosaur goes uh, goes nuts? You know. Yeah, yeah. I and agree it, with that one. And then you know instead of playing with the kids during the day, he comes back at night to haunt the parents. And it's just him singing that song over and over yeah, again. That, but that would be pretty but scary. He, but he's an apparition, so you can't kill him. I could write these Hollywood movies on the back of my hand. <laughs> You gotta walk around with like a, like a necklace of garlic around your neck, and then have a cross and a wooden spike. Yeah, Time Out magazine's list in the of the top sixty songs of the eighties ranks Prince's Purple Rain at number one. It's followed by yeah. New Order's Blue Monday at number two, and Michael Jackson's Beat It at number three. All right, I don't have a problem with any of that yet. Uh, you want me to keep going down the list? 
Yeah. Why not? Straight out of Compton by NWA. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. I do like that, too. Express Yourself by Madonna. However, I thought that was in the 90s. It could have been on the cusp. Could have been in 89. Yeah. Uh, Cloud Busting by Kate Bush. Modern Love by David Bowie. Uh Uh-huh. The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Have you noticed that people only really discovered Kate Bush up until about a year ago? Yeah, Other what than is that? It? Most people had never even heard of Kate Bush. What is that all about? I don't know. Was she, was there like soundtrack in a movie or something? Yeah, that they... Stranger Things had running up the hill. Well, that that's why she's popular. Yeah, but it's you can't go back retroactively and say these were the greatest songs of the '80s, thirty some odd years ago, when you wouldn't have put those those you wouldn't have put that song in the top ten back then. Right. True. That's it's just the way it is. And uh, Kim Kardashian, she reveals uh, she revealed she cries herself to sleep at night, and her pig her pillow gets soggy. Really? Yeah. She just had something to say. Oh my God! The last time I had a soggy pillow was when Ray J shoved his bony cologne into the beaver beaver dam into that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> it's hard to get out of my yeah, mouth I bet sometime. It is. And uh, Caitlin, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I, uh, she once took a ride on the bone coaster. <laughs> Charlie Russell, the one-eyed muscle. <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say is, uh, I can't say that one either. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is she she stole the everlasting gobdropper. There, there you go. go. There How you about go. that? Much better. Yeah. And that's your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. For more information, visit agawamgolfcourse.com. Golf at this course, along with 10 others, for just $1.99. That's less than $20 per round. It's the Rock 102 Golf Club, presented by Swing Oil Beer Company. For details and to purchase, go to rock102.com. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember last week when I said I want to see the Boston Celtics and the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami in just four games? Well, I think there's been a misunderstanding. You see... What I was expecting was to have the Celtics win those first four games. I would have been happy if the Celtics had won any of those first four games. Instead, they have chosen to lose the first three games of a seven-game series. Now, without getting into a whole lot of complicated math, I can tell you that in a seven-game series, the objective is to be the first team to win more than half those games. In a seven-game series, that means you must win four of them. The Celtics have already lost three, including yesterday when they got smoked by Miami in game three by a final score of 128 to 102. Again, I don't want to hyper-focus on the math here, but that's a loss of 26 points. And by losing the first three games of this horrible series, that means that any further losing outcome will immediately end the Boston Celtics season. You understand what I'm telling you here? The Heat are up 3-0. 4-0 ends the series. I should also point out that in the West, the Lakers are having the same issues with the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets are also up three games to nothing. And I think I speak for everyone here when I tell you that there is not a basketball fan in this country that is excited, interest, or interested, or even intrigued at the prospect of an NBA final series with the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Nobody put the Celtics in the finals against the Lakers, and now you're talking about a blockbuster series 
with the renewal of the single greatest rivalry in basketball. But to do that, the Celtics will have to win their next four games in a row. So with the Lakers, and frankly, without meaning to sound all negative in things, I'm not all that confident that that's going to happen. Not that the Celtics losing by 26 points in a must-win situation. And just in case you're wondering, the Celtics have until tomorrow night at 8.30 to start pulling themselves together and start acting like a team that wants to win stuff. But hey, the my Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You been to Baxi's Backyard Pizzeria? Me neither. At least not yet. But with an uni wood-fired outdoor pizza oven, I could be knocking down pizzas left and right all over the place. Get an uni at your grilling destination, Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 612. And uh, Tom Petty on Rock 102. It's uh, going to be uh, mostly sunny today. Nice day. High of 73. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 74. It's 48 right now in downtown Springfield. That uh, uh, keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock. I need to uh, mention that. And by the way, uh, remind me so I don't screw it up again. I, th- I thought you were mentioning it to remind yourself. that you I am, kind that. of. Okay. Yeah. yeah, make sure you do that because I don't want to have to interrupt neither one of us want to sit here and have a meeting with the boss because i keep uh doing it late yeah but the meeting would be you and the boss the meeting wouldn't be oh they drag you in no 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 they would because they would say well why didn't you remind them to do it because i would sit there and heckle and go i'm not the one in control over there on on that side of the board uh i had a very very busy weekend no kidding uh, from thursday night all the way until actually uh yesterday you know some uh you know family stuff with the kids and all that stuff but uh I didn't make anywhere near the price of a ticket to any of those comedy shows that people came and saw me at over the weekend uh, that Taylor Swift did for one ticket to her show. I didn't even, like, break the fractional cost of that. You see, uh, some people posted video last night of her singing at the piano where uh, it's raining on the piano. Yeah. And she's soaked. And the piano is yeah. soaked. And you got all these hot live wires all over the place, which yeah. are, you know, amplifying the piano. And then you got all these people in the middle of uh, Gillette Stadium getting soaked. I uh, I got news for you. If it starts to rain, I'm going back to my car yeah. and driving home. That's just me. Would you if you paid as much as you would have for a Taylor Swift ticket? Well, see, that's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would need to have done that first. Uh, since the day they first went on sale, here's a story uh, out of Boston. Uh, since the, the day they first went out of sale, uh, went on sale, t- tickets to Taylor Swift's latest concert tour have been hard to get. In some cases, the struggle continued er- nearly to the day of the concert after fans who thought they had bought tickets to one of her shows at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough found out their purchases fell through. Anthony Silva said he originally purchased tickets in November through online ticket reseller StubHub for about $1,800 and gave them to his daughter as a Christmas gift. He said the tickets were never delivered, and after he contacted StubHub, Silva said the company informed him that alternative tickets were not available. Well, this is just not right. In my opinion, they should not wait until the day before tickets uh, to be sent out by the reseller. Silva then said he switched to a different ticket reseller and spent nearly $21,000 on four tickets. Oh, my God. You know what? That was where I stopped reading the story because, you know what? You deserve to not have those tickets. (laughs) 
mean, you spent $21,000 on tickets to a concert. That you were going to get rained on and have a wet ass during the entire performance. I don't care, like, how much your kid wants to go to this show. You Like, my kid wanted to go. She's, she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. But she understood that, yeah, we can't afford to go to that thing. That's ridiculous. The thing is... Okay, so it's like 60,000 people that can fit into, inside uh, Gillette Stadium. Yeah. That's 60,000 people who also can't really afford to go. I mean, I, I mean, there are some people that can, but some people who put themselves in great debt to go see this show. And I, I don't understand that. I mean, yeah. listen, I, I don't feel good if I get to spend you know, 100 hours on a ticket. I, yeah. don't, I don't feel good about that. $1,000? No way. Five thousand dollars. Like on Friday, you were looking at uh, at at prices just to just for craps for and giggles, craps and giggles, yeah. and you're getting quoted five grand per ticket. Yeah, hell no, no, I, it's just not going to happen. And all these people showed up at Gillette Stadium over the weekend. There was like twenty five thousand extra people outside of the stadium hoping to get tickets on either, the outside, either hoping to buy like scalp tickets or they they wound up having a big party, which that was kind of. Um, that must have been chaotic. Can you imagine? I wonder what it was like getting out of that show. Horrible. Yeah. You must have been waiting and tra- I remember coming out of the Ed Sheeran show uh, back in 2018. Yeah. And we waited like three hours to get it. I wound up shutting the car off and taking a nap because the traffic wasn't moving anywhere. Yeah. Just to get out of the lot. Yeah. And I never mind the two hours back home. And well, two hours on a minimum, probably even more. Yeah. So I took a nap because I figured, well, I'm driving these kids by myself. I better get some rest before I get back on the road. But, you know, $21,000 on four tickets. That's ridiculous. You're an idiot if you spent that much money on that. You know, um, some people, I mean, I know some people that went. And, I, and, 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 the, and, of course, you never know what somebody may have spent or where they were sitting. But I knew plenty of people that went. And all I can think of is, were you the, among the people that spent top dollar to go, or did yeah. you find another way? Because there were other ways of getting cheaper tickets, but the closer you got to the show, yeah, the, the higher. harder and harder it was to find the cheap ones. And then you had, if you if you were desperate enough to, to spend the tickets, there's no other way to have gone without spending thousands of dollars per seat. I just can't foresee spending, and I don't know, maybe like 400 bucks would be a top price for a ticket I'd pay for something I really, really, really wanted to see. But that's about it. Like, you, like I, that you, there's a threshold. And is it really worth spending that kind of money when you could be buying other things with that? Steve, did you realize that the annual household income in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. family household income, is about $81,000 per year. Now, try to imagine knocking off 20000 of that to go see a Taylor Swift show yeah. in the rain with a bunch of people that overspent two. Um, it, there's, no, there's absolutely no way to justify that. This guy, who also hired a limousine for the night, oh, said God. he was determined to get his uh, tickets for the daughter and his friends. We played a joke on them telling them yesterday, telling them the tickets were really gone and the look on their faces I never want to see again. One girl had a quivering lip. I won't tell you who. Uh, Was she the daughter of someone who is an attention-seeking whore? 
Um, maybe I don't know because <laughs> that's that's the first thing that came to my mind. I just uh, and, I, and I'm and I'm actually curious to see how many people actually went to that show that didn't say they went to the show because you know what I mean. Who didn't really want everybody to know they spent the fortune, right? I don't know because there's a lot of people who are posting pictures all night long of of the show, and and I yeah. some of the people I know, I mean. They do okay, but they ain't, you know, millionaires to go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't I don't know if I would necessarily be boasting the fact that, oh, <laughs> I just spent $5,000 on tickets somewhere. I heard a lot of conversation over the weekend from other people. Well, you know, this person's going, and that person's going. This guy got tickets. That guy got tickets. Yeah. And uh, it's like always somebody else you know. The um, I I obviously know people who are uh, in the record industry or in that you know yeah have close access to to tickets, and the guy I know that's pretty damn close to who has met Taylor Swift before, uh, and was pretty close with her uh, representatives and all that stuff. I said, hey, uh, jokingly, can you get me a can you get me a pair of Taylor Swift tickets for this weekend? And he goes. Yeah, they're selling them to uh, at a discount of like eight to a thousand dollars, just for that's for like the people from the record industry. I'm like, so the pe- there's no free tickets to this show. Yeah, even the even the record people even have to her, charge people to her, get, for those tickets. It's her people directly connected to her that are charging those tickets. They bought the extra two rows in that TikTok so, video. So months ago, when this was happening. And months ago when, uh, you know, she wouldn't put any of her music on, yeah. on Spotify without, you know, certain uh, right. you know, agreements. And everyone thought, oh, good for you, Taylor. Yeah. When you come right down to it, even though she's dealing with a monopoly like, you know, Ticketmaster and all that other stuff, when it comes right down to it, the one entity here that is probably pushing for this kind of media is Taylor Swift herself. Listen, greed makes you do a whole bunch of things that you never thought you'd be able to do. But when you see, hey, I could make this much money. And when you're parading yourself around the country on a private jet all the time, that stuff costs money. You're going to need uh, you're going to need that. Uh, I can see, you know, she's not innocent in this whole thing. She, she's she, not. No, she can't be. She not not entirely, and it, I, and and there is a, there is a much larger machine, bigger than Taylor Swift, yeah. at uh, you know, who is in charge here. But nevertheless, nobody else is touring this summer with those kinds of prices. Nobody. Yeah. They're all expensive, and but it, no one's at this at this level. And if you really ultimately cared about the fans, you wouldn't have done the show to begin with. That's kind of how I see it. I mean, if you're charging that much money yeah. for a face value ticket, I don't know. Yeah, I, that, it just seems it's a waste of money. There was a uh, the festival that took place in Pasadena over the weekend. Yeah, and uh, s- similar to what it was like in Foxborough, it started to rain towards the end of the night. So the last three performers, uh, they 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 ended the night, and they rescheduled the, the three that remained for last night. I want like you imagine if you had gone to Gillette Stadium on Saturday mm-hmm. and it's freaking pouring out yeah. and they tell you right before she goes on I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen there is lightning yeah, uh, yeah, lightning yeah. strikes yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, around Foxborough and they canceled that show you imagine the nightmare it would have taken to get all those people out of there and then reimbursed 
Yeah. And if not reimbursed, given a rain check for a later date. Yeah, no. You imagine the nightmare that would have I mean, you would have you would have had people ripping that whole place apart. Oh yeah, it would have been riots. Yeah. That's why she didn't cancel the show and she just went through and you see people online in ponchos. <laughs> like you paid fifteen hundred dollars to sit there in the rain and bought a thirty dollar uh, poncho in the parking lot, and that's the other thing. It's like uh, you know, it's not like you said, it's not a, like a like an enclosed stadium. No, there's nowhere to go. I don't know. A lot of wasted money. It's six twenty four with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two Memorial Day sales event. It's uh, 626 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny today with a high of 73. Sunny tomorrow with a high of 74. It is 48 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen will be joining us after 7 o'clock on the phone. And then uh, after 8 o'clock, the keyword to cash. Your chance of winning $1,000. $1,000. That's right. Uh, would you like to laugh? I would. All right. Let's uh, get this going. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. So Vladimir uh, Putin. Yes. I like Vladimir Putin. Yeah, but uh, that's not him. Vladimir Putin uh, consulted with a fortune teller and asked, How long will I live? <laughs> and the psychic replied, I cannot tell you, but I do know that you will die on the Ukrainian holiday. <laughs> Which holiday? He asked. The psychic smiled and said, Whichever day you die will be the Ukrainian holiday. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't really want him around. I Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass News first alert for... 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today, get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, my internet is like out of crawl. I don't know what, uh, what the deal is with this place. Yeah, I know. It's... Uh, there's something going on with all this stuff. Uh, rainy conditions felt across western Massachusetts made for some difficult driving on Saturday. A car drove off the road during the afternoon around 5.30 p.m. on I-391 North. It happened just past exit 3 in Chicopee. When the 22 News crew got there, they could see a white car off the road that was smoking. Like what, Marlboros or uh, uh, cigarillos? <laughs> What about those Virginia Slims? Oh, those, yeah, that's yeah. probably what yeah, it was. Right. The Mass State Police were on the scene. However, no further details were available at that time because that was Saturday, and no one has any update on what the accident was. And I actually made a joke about this when I did the comedy show on Saturday night. On my way to the comedy show, I saw this accident myself. You did? And the car was uh, – was they had just put it out, but the, there was so much smoke. I heard – because this, this is why I should work for the 22 News Crew. I had heard after the fact that it was a Tesla. Really? And that's why there was so much smoke and all this other ah, stuff. Uh, no other details were available. Nobody decided, hey, uh, maybe we should call the state police and get a follow-up or, on what or maybe happened to that. Sure, alert people that uh, you know, traffic can now pass safely yeah. through that area. And uh, my joke at the comedy show was, you know what? I'll wait two weeks from now to find out all the details about that accident that just happened here, right down the street. <laughs> Crowd went wild on that. Oh, one, didn't yeah, it was it was it was great. Yeah. And I went into some questionable material, and then nobody left. <laughs> Typical night. Well, it's, it's a good night, you know. 
Uh, there's discolored water in Holyoke due to hydrant flushing this week. The Holyoke okay. Water Department is scheduled to flush hydrants uh, beginning, well, it must be started last night. According to the Holyoke Water Works, hydrant flushing will take place in the West Holyoke section of the city at 8 p.m. and will continue through this morning uh, until complete. Residents may see disruptions in water quality, including discoloration, pressure changes, or air in the water, which can give it a milky appearance. Ooh, Ooh chocolate milk. No, I don't know if it's chocolatey. It just looks uh, just milky. Ooh, Holyoke. Chocolate milk from Holyoke, right from the tap. <laughs> I suppose you'll have to go to the buckets to the river. If you ever have any uh, questions or concerns about the water quality, you're asked to contact the water department. The Holyoke Water Works. So that one guy who's working in the office will be able to answer everybody's question? No, I'm sure there's more than, than one guy. Those three people working yes, in the office three. will be answering all your phone calls? That's right. I once, uh, I remember living in a, the, the, those uh, uh, home-like apartments down there in West Springfield. Yeah. And there, there was a water main break nearby, like up on Piper Road or something. And you turn the, I went to go turn the faucet on for the shower, and it came out the tub first. And as soon as I turned it on, all this like sludge comes out of the, it was like, it was like a horror film. Yeah. And nobody told anybody that they were doing this, and it wasn't an emergency. It was actually, uh, I found out that it was pre-planned, and I'm like, you know, I'm calling the office going, hey, there's something wrong with my water. And they're like, well, there's a water there's a water fixture or something. Uh, something is being, uh, the, the main was being replaced, so yeah. something must have happened to it. When I was a kid, we had maybe some of the worst quality water in the world. I mean, one, it smelled sulfuric, which was terrible. And then uh, on occasion, uh, I think before my parents actually invested in, in, a, in, a, in a very expensive water filtration system, uh, we're trying to draw the tub, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the water, now you've seen water before, right? I don't, yeah, I guess it's, so. It's yeah. usually clear yeah. and odorless. Well, this one, uh, this time, that day, it was black. Black water. Yeah, see, that's not good. Well, especially if you're trying to take a bath, okay? I mean, you, most people, when they take a bath, want water that is not anything but clear water. That was not right. what was on the menu that day. Yuck. Black. That's disgusting. Horrible. And it smelled like rotten eggs. Well, I can. I like the, you don't like uh, fart water? No, no. Actually, I, uh, I have a real problem with fart water. As I'm trying to cleanse myself, yeah, you know, I mean, if if I'm in the tub and I let one rip, well, then it's you know, it's a bubble bath. Yeah, but, but if everybody takes a shower, then you all smell like that. So you really don't. Uh, yeah, is it like those yeah. things where like smokers can't smell themselves? I suppose you know, after a while, if you oh. start bathing in sulfur, you don't really realize the smell. Well, the Baxendale family must have arrived a few minutes early. It smells like rotten eggs or or, or you know bad egg salad. They were like uh, you know uh, run into people who like smell like garlic. You know, people. Like, you know, people uh, usually of Mediterranean descent. Because mm -hmm. they eat a lot of healthy foods and they eat a lot of vegetables and things right. like that. So when you eat a lot of garlic, that comes out of your pores. Yes, and it uh, it can be uh, it can be strong, pungent. Maybe it can be strong, but yet I like garlic and I like the smell of garlic. I like garlic, but I also don't like smelling it on my barber. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, no, I get that. 
Would you rather have your barber smell like garlic, which is delicious, or smell like rotten egg salad, which yeah, is it, not? But it's usually garlic and uh, like bo. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's there's not they don't, there's not a lot of belief in 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 deodorant for some people. That's what I'm saying. But for some people, the the, uh, the presence of garlic is so strong that it goes beyond the men in speed stick. Yes, it does. The Menin's Speed Stick. What was that? Is that the only one that still cost a dollar? <laughs> I think so. I went to go buy deodorant the other day at Walgreens, and there was nothing less than seven dollars for one stick. I I wound Isn't up that... I wound up going uh, to Costco to get it. <sighs> yeah, I always I always buy mine in like a a convenient six pack for thirty bucks. I just I don't understand why these personal products. Are they're just get? I mean, I mean, it obviously started with razor blades. Were razor blades always expensive? No. When no, did that you, happen? As soon as someone decided, hey, you know what we could do? How about rather than having one blade in a razor, we put five or six, and then we jack up the price. Yes, it isn't about you getting a closer shave. You can get a perfectly fine shave with one blade. But the idea that only like five blades at a time are going to mm. cut your wiry whiskers off your body, that, that, uh, that's just a, that's, that's a hooey is what that is. It's a chance of, of jacking the price up. I don't like the idea of that at all. Even the Dollar Shave Club is more than a dollar. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's, in fact, it can be a lot more than a dollar. And now they're selling it in the stores yeah, at right. a higher price than what you could get it online for. So true. All four defendants in the fatal shooting of Gabriel Isereri uh, were found guilty of murder in the first degree by a jury on Friday in Springfield. Residents Louis Cotto, Keith Cotto, Isaiah Frictelli, and Victor Espinoza of Chicopee were convicted in the shooting, according to Jim Lydon, spokesman for the Hamden DA's office. The men faced charges including murder, carrying a firearm without a license, possessing a loaded machine gun without a license, and resisting arrest. The four men uh, faced sentencing on May 24th at 10 a.m., uh, attempts to reach the attorneys representing each, uh, along with the uh, attorneys for the Commonwealth, were unsuccessful. The shooting took place back on November 3rd of 2019. The defendants pulled up alongside Irizarry's uh, pickup truck and uh, in a Honda Accord on I-91 North near downtown Springfield around 1 a.m. in the vicinity uh, of a state trooper. Irizarry pulled off the highway and drove to Union Station where he received medical attention before being transported to Bay State. Irizarry remained in a coma and on life support for several days before dying of his injuries. Trooper Patrick Dolan saw a firearm and gave chase after the shooting suspects who took off towards Chicopee after leaving uh, I-391 at exit 3. Dolan said the Accord crashed into the guardrail at the bottom of the ramp on Chicopee Street. Three of the men reportedly ran into the woods. Uh, two, Frectelli and Louis Cotto, emerged and were taken into custody. A loaded handgun was also located inside the Honda along with a Taurus 9mm handgun on the ground. It's been uh, four years now. Hmm. Sometimes it takes that long, I guess, to come up with a conviction. You know, you had the pandemic and everything, but yeah, uh, but it's a long time to remember. Uh, you know, important details of anything. Uh, three cubs and a mother bear could be seen along Route 66 in Huntington on Friday morning. The three cubs and mother bear were spotted around 10:30 a.m. The mother bear was watching the cubs on the other side of the fence as the three cubs climbed the utility pole. At one point, the mother bear bends the top of the fence in what looks like an attempt to get her cubs to her. Uh, and then they go on to say, bear sightings are more common this time of the year as they search for food. It's the same paragraph they put in every bear story on 22. <laughs> the same one they've been doing for years, yeah. too. 
Make sure you're properly storing any garbage and placing bird feeders high enough from the ground where bears cannot reach. And then they go on to say, Massachusetts is the third most densely populated populated state in the country for black bears. It's the same facts for every bear story that they do. I don't even know why you need to put those facts in there. Is that to just fill time? Yeah, of course it is. Cause I, I don't I don't know if they've got enough de- if you've got a thirty second story to tell. Yeah. And you haven't figured out more than 15 seconds of information. Well, then all you got to do is repeat what you had in the first 15 seconds. Oh, and uh, but but worded differently. You put them in way. a little bit different yeah. order. So it sounds like well, they really do know what they're talking about. Yeah. On Friday night, there was a shooting. There was a shooting on Friday night. Uh, the day before Saturday, <laughs> there happened to be an incident. Yes. And it involved a gun. That's correct. Uh, state authorities this week revoked the liquor license of the national delivery company GoPuff for allegedly selling alcoholic beverages to Boston College students multiple times in 2021. GoPuff is accused of 19 counts of selling and delivering alcoholic beverages to individuals who are under the age of 21 on at least five separate occasions in November and December of 21. Uh, the uh, alcohol, the ABCCC, what is it? ABCCC, uh, found the uh, company violated state law and revoked its license on Thursday. I want to commend the ABCC team for their diligent work on the case. We are committed to stopping underage drinking and its devastating consequences. That's uh, Mass State Treasurer Deb Goldberg, who oversees the ABCC. Uh, to prevent these situations, we outreach and educate young people and their families as well as proactively ensure compliance across the state. The investigation uh, began in November of 2021 after the commission received a complaint alleging the company was selling and delivering to underage kids. The uh, commission detailed how investigators surveilled GoPuff's license premises in Needham, followed by the company drivers multiple times and observed the employees as they delivered alcoholic beverages to underage Boston College students on the school's campus in Chestnut Hill. The deliveries were sometimes made at freshman dorms. Why, why, why are you not stopping somebody from doing that? Well, because I think I'm, I'm going on uh, just, you know, past experience here. Yeah. When the delivery driver delivers the, uh, the delivery, the booze. Yeah. I don't know whether they check IDs at that point or they check IDs when you order. Because uh, either way, any college student, if knows what they're doing, will go to outrageous well, creative uh, I, you know, creative points to make sure they've got a fake ID and it can prove they're over 21. You might have to have one of those or verify the account by uploading a license and uh, proving you are who you are. Right. But this sound, it says at times the ABCC alleged the students gave GoPuff employees fake forms of identification or were never asked for IDs to begin with. So they kind of dropped the ball, I think, on in a lot of those cases. Yeah. But the ones where they're giving you fake IDs, that's not your fault, is it? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I it, it's. Seems to me like if you were if you owned a liquor store or a bar and you serve somebody even with a fake ID, it is ultimately you are liable to right. have sold somebody underage. You would still get in trouble. Yeah, I don't know if I agree completely with that law. Well, I mean, I think I I think if something was imitated you did everything you could to verify something and it's supposedly checked out on your end then really the person that's 
should be in trouble is the person, person who has the fake, the fake ID. ID. Yeah. The drinks miners bought included Bud Light, Miller Light, and Natural Light beer. Ooh, the good stuff. Yeah, that's that's what college <laughs> students like. They Ka- like the good nat- the good uh, new Natty Lights. Kavlana vodka. I never heard of that before. I don't know. It's got to be cheap. Uh, white Claw. Ooh, ain't no law with <laughs> White Claw. Okay. Uh, the commission claimed investigators notified GoPost manager after the first. Al- so they did notify. That. That's what I was curious about. I'm like, did they even like, they just let them go ahead and deliver booze to underage kids multiple times without saying anything? See, did I would, they- I would think if you're in a situation, if you have a business like that that runs a lot of liability, yeah, then there's got to be extra protections for you as a company to make sure that you're not being bamboozled by a kid who's in college who might be smarter than you. That's true. Because when kids want to drink, They're gonna they will go to outrageous lengths to do it. And they'll find a way to do they it. They will find a way. Uh, the, yeah, they they notified GoPost manager after the first alleged violation, uh, and again after each sale and or delivery that followed. However, the company did not make any changes, according to the ABCC. Well, why would you? We're making so much money off these kids. <laughs> true. I'm not going to change my business practices. Uh, that would hurt sales. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 73. More of the same for tomorrow. It is 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Springfield's Classic Rock at 652, and the Smashing Pumpkins with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 73 today. Sunny and a high of 74 tomorrow. It's uh, 48 right now in downtown Springfield. The uh, Big Bonk and Smoke is right around the corner. It's going to be on Wednesday, June 21st at the Log Cabin. Tickets are on sale now. It's a great deal of fun with beautiful views off the side of Mount Tom. Your admission includes a few cigars from the Cigar Room 2 in Agawam. You get an event t-shirt from GG Inc.'s Custom Printing and... There's all that food with hors d'oeuvres and dinner and dessert. If you're playing things right, uh, maybe seconds on all of them. Details and tickets available at rock102.com. They can also be purchased in person at the Cigar Room 2 in Agawam. Cigar smoking, not a safe alternative to cigarettes. you got to be over 21 with a positive ID to enter. It's the Big Bonk and Smoke June 21st at the Log Cabin. Brought by brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, Aqua Pump, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, you had your uh, thing yesterday, right? To uh, skip Santhor accents. Yeah, it was a nice day. Uh, we had uh, a bunch of people uh, go out there, and uh, a lot of old regulars, like uh, a bunch of people from old uh, work releases, Ooh. were there. Uh, you know, looking to freeload off of the the, uh, the free food. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. The guy that won was very happy to win that uh, the the uh, the table and the chairs and the uh, the gift cards and that big giant cooler. Uh, it was a nice it was a nice day. That was a pretty cool, cool prize. Somebody, yeah, and I appreciate this, but you know, it's 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 never a necessity. Yeah, because you're in the Agawam area, you know, there are certain things that certain towns have that are just, you know, a source of pride, a staple. Somebody shows up there yesterday with a box of Mrs. Murphy's donuts. Yeah, delicious. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Thank you so much for dropping off a, a box oh, yeah. of donuts. They're not necessary. They're really, they're really not necessary. Wow, but, you're yeah, lucky. Nevertheless, you're very, lucky. That's the uh, best donut place ever. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Delish, delicious and tasty. They are delicious and tasty. Yeah. They yeah. are. There's yeah, no question. Are. Yes. But right. uh, but Nathan Bills also provided food, too. They had some good stuff also. So thanks to everybody who participated, and thanks to Skips. If you're going to buy a, a shed or a, some things for the outdoors, that is the place to go. 
Well, I was going to say, uh, another place to go is not is not too far from there. I did the I did the event at Northern Nurseries at the uh, Stone and Design Center, yeah. which is like two miles from Skip's. Yes. Uh, down the street. So you can get, yeah, like, it's like a whole backyard haven. You get Skip's, you get the patio place, so you can get, you get the whole thing done. Uh, that's a cool place. I've yeah. never been there before. They have all the displays, like all the different kinds of st- patio stone that you can... You put know out and it and and each one of them was in a different like setting fountains and fire pits and I'm glad like, you I'm glad you brought this up yeah because over the weekend we uh, we went to uh, our our new campsite yeah. in uh, in New Hampshire and we just you know we just moved the the camper from Vermont to New Hampshire and uh, so we went on on Friday afternoon and then uh, you know stayed Friday and Saturday night now in this in this park there's like sixty campers the camp camel toe. Or I don't, I don't, camp, camp Moose Knuckle. Let's call it Moose Knuckle. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's a walking around. You know, I feel pretty confident that we got a, we got a pretty nice camper. Right. Okay. Real real nice. But right now it's just you know backed up in in the spot, and they provide a picnic table. That's the one thing they give you. But you look around these people who have been there for years at this campground. Yeah. They've got decks built around the camper. They've got you know uh, pergolas. They've got yeah, the amount of expense and time and care that these people have put into these things—it's almost like they put a house that yeah. happens to have wheels chucked into the ground, and well, that's—and that's—it's—it's it's unbelievable what people have done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the. I think on the surface, the idea to somebody who doesn't own a, a camper or anything like that—it's when you say campground, you're just picture in a place in the middle of the dirt that you just park something and you know you, yeah you no, get out that's not the case here well no because these are like you said you have a septic system attached to it now don't you i got we got septic we're hooked yeah. up to septic so you don't have to worry about emptying that thing anymore what no are you, are you gonna sell that other thing that you bought last year <sighs> i the poo tank uh transporter? how do you sell something like that i bet how, what do you mean? How do you? There's other guys like you who just bought the camper and are learning for the very first time on how to do something like that. You could probably get your money. If back I for put it. something on Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. and the purpose of that item is to move human waste from one place to another, yeah. How do you sell the sizzle of that? Yo, previously used, lovingly cared for. You call it the back Steve and Dave show, and you hope for the best. <laughs> That's how you transport yeah. human waste. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's six fifty-eight with Bax and Dangle on Rock One Hundred Two. Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, not for nothing, but there is a chance that social media is a festering cesspool of regrettable mistakes and bad judgments. Sure, I dabble from time to time, occasionally cause problems on Facebook and Instagram with shameful self-promotion and attention-seeking public statements. That's just who I am. However, I realize that the things that I like are often every bit as telling as the things that I share. And if you're not the sort of fella who can tell the difference, then perhaps the curated life of a social media maniac simply isn't for you. For example, on Saturday, the University of Michigan announced that Glenn Schembechler, the son of longtime Wolverines head coach Bo Schembechler, has resigned from his position as the assistant director of football recruiting. 
not because he was found to have posted inappropriate contact on Twitter, but for liking the contact of uh, content of several people who have. According to the Detroit News, Schembechler had uh, had a history of applying his likes to several offensive Twitter posts involving race, slavery, Jim Crow laws, and other racially inflammatory comments made by other people on Twitter. Now, here's the thing about the resignation of Bo Schembechler's kid. Glenn Schembechler was only hired three days before he handed uh, his resignation. Three days! That's barely enough time to unpack your stuff and get internet credentials from your cubicle. And yet, three days into the gig, somebody delivers uh, the news that Glenn Schembechler really likes racism. He also drew additional attention to himself after he allegedly tried to remove those likes at a furious pace. But of course, by that point, the screenshots have been taken, and it was too late. Folks, let's try to use this as a teachable moment. If you're the sort of guy who is consumed with hatred towards large population groups, whoever they may be, do yourself a favor. Take a moment to consider the consequences involved. You don't have to originate offensive messages of hate, but supporting one isn't much better, because I'm pretty sure there aren't a whole lot of job opportunities for unemployable racists. At least not at the University of Michigan, there's not. But hey, never my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Buy a grill at Rocky's, it's assembled and delivered free. Any grill over 400 bucks, plus your first round of fuel, free. Pellets, propane, charcoal, whatever. Rocky's is your grilling destination. The Big Green Egg, the Traeger Woodfire Grills, the Weber's, the Uni Pizza Oven, now introducing the Blackstone Outdoor Griddles. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 7-Eleven and Aerosmith. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny today with a high of 73. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 74. It is 49 right now in downtown Springfield. And fresh off the hangover from the Taylor Swift show last night at Gillette Stadium, <laughs> Scott Cohen. Good morning, Scotty. How are yeah. you? Good, guys. Uh, good morning to you, too. Now, Steve, man, that, that's more you than me. You're the one with the two young daughters, so I'm not so sure about that one. Well, I just wondered why you were calling in this morning versus, uh, you know, actually being here in the studio. Well, I, you know, I kind of uh, t- talked to you uh, off the air a moment ago. It's, you know, look, I, I'm, I went down to visit some friends down in Nashville. Uh, we're coming back today. And, you know, with the Celtic game last night, I, I just kind of figured you guys needed me. So, yeah, I'm sure every listener in Western Massachusetts said, oh, my God, Scott Cohen's not going to be on to talk about the Celtics. Bex and Steve you know, can't do the- that. Being the being the team player that I am, yeah. here I am. Well, you know what? Uh, you're absolutely right, Scott. I don't know how we would have managed without you, but uh, but we appreciate <laughs> you calling in. It makes all the world yeah. a difference. So let's talk about. I know it does. So let's talk about the uh, the annoying collapse of these Boston Celtics. They lost by a ton yesterday. They are now down three games to nothing. And I don't know if Joe Mazzulla has ever sat down with an abacus or a calculator and explained that uh, that in order to win a seven-game series, you must win four games of the seven games. Yeah, you've got to win four games first, and you've got to score more points than than your opponent and all those silly little things. It's like, a, I, I think, Baxi, he's probably, if he ever picked up the abacus, he's probably picking up a crystal ball this morning. And, you know, trying to figure out what, you know, what's gone wrong, because it's like absolutely nothing, nothing has gone right in the series against the Heat. Um, you know, the Celtics had the you know best record during the regular season. And listen, you know, and 
We all know the postseason is a little bit of a of a different animal, but I mean that's a completely different team than we saw play uh, during the regular season. They just they they seem completely lost out there. Uh, they're getting out hustled, out rebounded, outsmarted, out outplayed in every single aspect of the game. And, you know, you can have that happen to you and lose by uh, seven or eight points. With their, you know, with their season on the line, they were down 30 points at the end yeah. of the third quarter. That's just, it's, it's unfathomable that that would happen to a, a professional team at this point in the playoffs. You know, what's, uh, what is weird to me is, okay, in the, in the Philadelphia series, uh, that was not an easy series for them to win. And, in fact, they should have theoretically lost that series. And then, you know, the, the the Sixers wind up firing Doc Rivers as a result of it. But Joe Missoula, since the beginning of the playoffs, has made a lot of questionable decisions, like what to do with, uh, with timeouts and whether or not he's getting these guys ready to be in the Eastern Conference Finals with Miami. Yeah. <sighs> You don't want to say that this guy deserves to get fired, but yet, you know, if you could point to someone that his performance may justify it, you wonder whether Joe Mazzulla is going to be on the hot seat here if he doesn't turn things around. Well, you know, Bax, it's like I, I hate to say that it's not it's not his fault. You know, remember, uh, you know, Brad Stevens was the one who who uh, hired this guy and then promoted him into. Uh, the situation when you know the the, the blow up happened with the Celtics old coach, but he's he is and and I you know I hate to sit here and put it all on a coach. I'm just you know just like what you said earlier because you know he doesn't he's not playing the game, but he just I don't think he's uh, at this point is up to the challenge. I I mean I just think it's it's so painfully obvious, um, and and like you say, what do you do about that? Um, you know, you can't you can't fire uh, you can't fire the team. I mean, you know, uh, the, the Celtics really good players that are, are just that they're really really good players. He's obviously not getting uh, the most out of them. And when he was interviewed after the game last night, you know, they were saying, you know, hey, you know, um, explain how something like uh, last night's game three can go. I mean, his eyes were wide as saucers, and he basically just said that uh, I'm not sure what's going on, and that's not the right answer. The right, and he also said that I didn't have them ready to play, which is also the wrong answer. Which is, you know, listen, you know, things happen, and and Butler with the Heat is a is a, a great great player, and also a Marquette alum, and you know how you know how those Marquette people oh, boy, can here be. we go. That, that see that 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 didn't take long. No, yet. that didn't take very long. But 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 the the point I'm making here is, you know, Joe Mazzulla can try to take it on himself. <sighs> There's something to be said about that team not being ready in game 3. They've already lost the first two at home and game 3 they lose by 26 points. There's something to be said about, you know, is he fulfilling the promise that this team has? Mazzulla and, and he, at this point, you got to say not. he does not. He does not. No, he's not. And on the you know on the other side of the uh, of the floor, you know you you do have this Miami Heat team. They were in eighth seed, but you know when you you know you can kind of throw that out the window at this point. They've got a Hall of Fame coach. You know he described he was asked you know describe what happened with your team last night. He said they took a strong, mature, professional approach. And they've got a superstar in Butler. Um, half the team is undrafted free agents. 
Yeah. And these are guys who just want it more, and it's 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 been on full display. However, however, even even though after being down 0-3, the uh, the team uh, the team's record is uh is like O for one forty nine. No one's ever come back from a three zero deficit. If the Celtics can you know can pull themselves together and at least show us some sign of self respect in Game Four, let's just say they win that. They go back to Boston. They win on their home floor. All of a sudden, they realize that hey, you know, maybe maybe we are uh, we can get this thing together. I'm I'm not sure the series is over yet, um, but you know, we'll see. And I know that sounds silly, but that's I really believe that. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Preakness here uh, for just a little bit. National Treasure winds up uh, winning the Preakness. It's Bob Baffert's horse. He comes back from suspension after uh, a pretty lengthy suspension for doping. Uh, for previous yep. horses. Now this happens yesterday's win after one of his horses died earlier in the day. Yeah, yes. this this is coming after you've had now nine horses die at Churchill Downs yeah. since the since uh for the last uh, well April twenty seventh nine horses have died on that yep. course and we talked about that before about doping in horses and about this guy and what he what he means to horse racing. Yeah, he's won like eight times, but you wonder whether his attitude and his his way of doing business with these horses is killing the sport. It's not a good look, Bax. Uh, you know, it's it's just not a good look. And you know, the when you when you, when you start talking about the Triple Crown races, you know, Churchill Downs, uh, Pimlico, you know, Belmont Park is going to be next. This is you know, this is the this is the top of the sport. You, you know, and if this kind of stuff is going on um, at this level and guys like Baffert can, you know, it, it, it's I mean, it's it's almost, you know, you want to use the term disgraceful. It's really disgraceful. And you can't even imagine what's going on on the lower level tracks around the country. Horse racing has got a big old black eye right now. They've they really do have to figure that out because the, the public's just not going to stand for it. Pete is already involved wanting a Baffert banned from Pimlico after this this latest uh, horse death, you know, literally hours before uh, yeah. before the Preakness. And you know what? I mean, they won't be the only ones out there asking for him to be banned. They will not. And he, like I said, he's you know his uh, he comes as advertised. You know, I he's the kind of guy where everything that's happened to him and all the trouble that he's that he's been in, you know, where's his, at, I, again, I guess at professional sports at that level, no, nobody has any self-respect anymore. He's, he's a, he's a two-legged nuclear disaster. And again, it's, it's not a good look for the sport of thoroughbred horse racing. What else you got going on? Well, um, I think the biggest, uh, the sport, uh, thing that i enjoyed over the weekend was the was the pga uh yesterday um you know brooks kepka won um his fifth major uh which you know basically uh solidifies him as a generational player there's only six uh six golfers other golfers who have won five major championships so you know he um you know he, he was on full display yesterday a great great player but you know the big thing that that everybody was watching was this guy, um, you know Michael Block, the club pro from California. Um, you know he he kind of he kind of stole the show. He made the cut. Um, he finished in a good enough place where he's going to be invited back to the PGA next year, and he already earned a sponsor's exemption to next week's PGA Tour event. 
So, you know, this, this, guy's a, this guy's a club pro who gets in his car, drives to work every day, just like, you know, just like all of us. And he, he was the big star of the weekend. I think, that's, I think I enjoyed that more than anything. That's actually pretty cool. You, know, you, you think about you know, you, the, the, like the local pros here. Like one, one of them just yeah. started playing hot all of a sudden. Here they are at the, uh, at the PGA Championship and, uh, and, and showing some, uh, some promise. That's awesome. Yeah, that it is. It's the nice thing about the PGA. You know, the uh, you know, uh, the it's the it's the P. It's the again, and most people, I think, a lot of golfers know this. The PGA Championship, even though it says PGA, is not run by the PGA Tour. It's run by the PGA of America, and the PGA of America are the club pros at, at our local courses all, all over uh, Western Mass. Yeah. You know, like I said. This, this guy goes to work every day just like the rest of us, and he just he had his moment, and he's been invited back to play to play this week. That he was the he was the star of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. So when he's not playing in the PGA Championship, pretty pretty good uh, chance that like by today he'll be selling T-shirts in the clubhouse. That's just it. He's given he you know he'd be giving lessons to Mrs. McGillicuddy for crying out loud. You know that, that's what that's what these guys do. And he got he got his moment in the sun, and he man he made the most of it. It was great. Very good. All right, so we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, you bet, guys. Sorry, great, I couldn't be great with talk. you. But, uh, great, talk. Great, talk. great talk. Great talk. Great talk. It's 7:22 with Max and Nagel and Scott Cohen of Rock 102. A cigar gives a man that mass. 102 Springfield's classic rock at 7:30. And bad company with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny with a high of 73 today. Sunny with a high of 74 tomorrow. It's uh, 49 in downtown Springfield. Uh, I just want to take a moment here uh, to uh, uh, offer our condolences uh, to uh, the family of a uh, a radio colleague who passed away yesterday, uh, Dick McDonough, um, who I worked with at, uh, at WMAS about 20 years ago. Right. Uh, he was, uh, he, I don't, I don't know the details surrounding his, his death. Uh, I know he was probably, you know, in near his eighties, I, I would imagine. Pretty close. Uh, but, uh, he was, uh, he was smooth as silk. That guy, that guy had that, uh, he had that silky smooth radio voice. He, he sounded almost like a Dean Martin. Hey buddy, how you doing? <laughs> Uh, and uh, just a, he was he was a great guy all around, and he was no he was like a legend back in the back in the sixties and seventies. Well, I mean, he worked at WDRC in Hartford right. for years, and then MAS, and you know we got to know him for a little bit. So uh, he was known as the Prince. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. So and uh, uh, so, to our condolences to him and and his family. Like I said, we don't have a whole lot of details about uh, about things, but uh, but nevertheless, we uh, we wanted to offer our sympathies and and uh, our condolences. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. We have news, and it's coming up next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass news. For- With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it's brought to you by Aquatique Pools. Keep your pool sparkling all summer long with free water testing, 730 Union Street in West Springfield. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Two men were shot and wounded, one seriously, in an incident on Sacom Street Friday night in Springfield. Ryan Walsh for the uh, Springfield Police said the officers responded to a shot spotter activation at around 11.45 p.m. to find two gunshot victims. Officers at the scene said one suffered serious wounds, while the other had non-life-threatening injuries. Both men were transported to Bay State by ambulance. Uh, police detectives are investigating that shooting. Uh, a Massachusetts man was seriously injured in an explosion caused by fireworks yesterday. A little early for the fireworks celebration. Well, you know you what the problem is? You know what the problem is? They haven't played that uh, that video on the news yet. 
of uh, of that mannequin getting blown apart by salutes. Oh, right, 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 right. Until right, that right. happens, people don't even know. Yeah, they don't know that you can blow your hand and head off uh, with those things. The yeah. explosion happened near Norbadir Circle in Kingston. Officials said they believe the man was manufacturing fireworks in the basement. Oh, he's making the quarter sticks of dynamite. Oh, yeah. yeah he's doing to blow up the mailboxes with. You know how those do-it-yourselfers operate? Yeah. One minute they're playing with the gunpowder, ba-boom. Next thing you know, everything's a mess. We'd like to be able to talk to him and see what his intent was, but obviously we have to deal with the physical injuries first uh, that he, you know, acquired. Uh, that's according to Kingston Police Detective Michael Scora. Uh, no reason for us to believe there was any sort of public safety concern that he was going to use it maliciously. Just it looks like he made a mistake, essentially building explosives that he shouldn't have been. The uh, news outlet reported that the man has life-threatening injuries. Yeah, it's uh, not always a good idea to make no, your own explosives not. in your basement. There are other hobbies that are less uh, dangerous, like stamp collecting. You know what I mean? You get a pair of tweezers mm-hmm. uh, you're in a, in a monocle. You're looking at the beauty of the artwork on a U.S. postage stamp. Oh, they are very collectible. Yeah. And, you know, they could be worth something someday. And guess what's not going to happen? You're not going to lose fingers. You're not going to lose, uh, well, you might lose taste in your tongue from licking all the stuff. Well, you're stamps. not supposed to lick them, Steve. You're not you're supposed not? To, no, you're supposed to just uh, kind of put them in those little little tab holders. Oh. You're not oh. supposed to lick the stamps. Hey, uh, I didn't know that. Yes. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. You're very welcome. A Massachusetts liquor store clerk was indicted for grand larceny after she allegedly tried to steal a $3 million lottery ticket accidentally left behind by a customer. 23-year-old Carly Noons, a liquor store clerk, is accused of trying to steal and cash the winning lottery ticket. Investigators say a customer accidentally left the ticket at the store's lottery terminal in January. The Plymouth uh, District County District Attorney says employees at the Mass State Lottery headquarters became suspicious of Noons when she tried to cash the ticket because of its condition, which was torn and seemingly burned. Mm. You know, if I had a $3 million uh, lottery ticket, mm-hmm. the last thing I would do would be to lose it. Well, I it would w- be holding on to that thing like grim death. It sounds like the guy ordered the tickets. And then she took them off the little hopper thing. Yeah. And then there's one left behind. I don't think she knew that it was going to be worth $3 million until the drawing happened. Lottery employees also allegedly overheard Noons arguing with her coworkers, 32-year-old Joseph Redham, about how to divide the money, an interaction that was caught on surveillance video. You know, the video that they have inside the stores? Right. Investigators say Redham drove Noons and her boyfriend to the lottery headquarters so they could cash the ticket. Lottery officials contacted the state police and opened an investigation, telling Noon she would only get the $3 million prize once the investigation was complete. Police pulled surveillance video from the liquor store and saw that Noon, Noons did not buy the ticket. They tracked down the ticket's rightful owner, who will still be able to claim the $3 million jackpot, according to the Mass Lottery Commission. I thought you had to sign that back of the ticket. If whoever has the ticket in their possession... Is the one that's why they always tell you to sign the ticket. Yeah, you know, I keep forgetting every time I win a million dollars of the lottery what I'm supposed to do. But how good new? How much good news is that? Well, you just went to the liquor store. You were picking up your uh, fifth of Popov and uh, <laughs> Natty Daddy's your Diet Coke, and you're you know you're mixing them as you're driving down the street. And oh yeah. All of a sudden, you get the good news, like two months later, that you won three million dollars. Yeah, that is good news. The uh, the bad part is you've just been pulled over for drunk driving, and it's going to cost you at least $3 million to get your life back on, on track.
Uh, Nunes was indicted on one count each of larceny from a building, attempted larceny, presentation of a false claim, and witness intimidation. The grand jury also indicted Redeem on uh, one count of attempted extortion. You got that? His last name is Redeem, and he was going to go cash in the ticket. What are the odds? And yet, ironically, he wasn't able to redeem that ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well. Or she. It's she. That's what I said, right? I believe so. Yeah. A nationally recognized uh, forging demonstration is doing its part in taking firearms off the streets in a unique way by turning guns into gardening tools. This is about making an instrument of nurture out of an instrument of potential harm, said Bishop Jim Curry of Swords to Plowshares. Oh, that's a great name for a club. Swords to Plowshares. <laughs> Bishop Curry told Western Mass News about their initiative to get guns off the streets by turning the guns into those tools. We make a shovel out of it or a trowel out of it, and then we make a handle to go with it. This is a pretty heavy-duty tool, and it'll probably last forever. Swords to Plowshares acquires these guns by working with local law enforcement agencies across New England that host gun buyback programs. They then host events uh, like this one over the weekend in Southampton uh, that show people the process of repurposing these firearms to accommodate those with green thumbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, you, you, like, having a gun can be dangerous. What do you get the gun lover that has everything? That's right. You, you get them garden tools made out of former guns. Ah, I got, got, this nice, uh, got this nice rake that I made out of a... 22. From bullets to begonias. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah, a good one. There you go. Uh, Bishop Curry added that he hopes the demonstrations can send message of gun safety to inspire safe gun ownership. What I want people to learn is that if you have a gun, if you want to have a gun, store it safely. You can also choose not to have a gun. You can just have one that looks like one that's used to pick out the weeds in your garden. Yeah, but you also don't want to come into a like a bank full of people and you're there with some gardening tools and say... Give me, you know, give me, give me all the money in the safe. W- what are you gonna do? You know, plant flowers? With yeah. That, with that gun-toting trowel. Well, first I'm gonna plant these petunias, and then I'm gonna plant these uh, <laughs> these azaleas. I call uh, them Iggy azaleas because yeah. now everybody drop on the floor. Yeah. I've got some weeding to do. Yeah. What? Want me whack your rose bush with my AR-15? <laughs> Uh, the final night of the uh, Taylor Swift Eras Tour at Gillette Stadium happened last night. Fans near and far traveled to see the pop star. Uh, Sunday night was the 13th show of the Eras Tour, which happens to be Taylor Swift's lucky number. 13? Yeah. Like 13 million? I was going to say 13 billion. <laughs> How much Jesus. money did you make off that show? What's the lucky number? And even fans without tickets enjoyed this show despite warnings from the police. Western Mass News spoke with local fans who were lucky enough to secure the tickets about what makes this tour so special. Oh, she's an icon, obviously. Over the weekend, uh, fans battled uh, midnight rain, traffic, and a Ticketmaster fiasco all to see Taylor perform a montage of her albums throughout each of her eras at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Uh, Vanessa Bernardo of Ludlow said it was uh, what part uh, said it's part of what makes that tour so iconic. Mm. I, Yes, so listen, I, I have nothing against uh, Taylor Swift or her music per se, but how, how do you how does she even sleep at night knowing what people have she had to go care. through to get her tickets? She does not care. 
She has enough. Clearly she doesn't care. But no. if it were like someone like you or me, someone with a soul and a conscience, then yeah, yeah. I couldn't sleep at night. Uh, then they were talking to the people about the traffic. It was a total madhouse. I mean, between all the Ubers and like Gillette, they had everyone down to like one lane trying to get in and out of there. Jesus. Uh, her concerts are more than a concert. It's a whole show. Well, yeah, so what? It's so, still not worth $5,000 a ticket or whatever the hell a top price was. Aren't most concerts, if you stay there from beginning to end, a whole show? Yes, usually they are. Yeah, she, she sang her songs and came back for a completely unexpected encore. It was a whole show. You know, I made a joke on Facebook yesterday saying I don't know what these Swifties are talking about, but I uh, Ford's, uh, scored Taylor tickets to uh, Tanglewood in July. He's got a new, she got a new album out called Fire and Rain. It's yeah, going to be great. It's James Taylor. Yeah, right. So yeah. that was the joke. And then people actually thought that I actually have tickets to go see James Taylor because they were all excited. They were like, I got four tickets too. And I'm like, I'm not really going to that show. Yeah, and right. I would never go to that show. She's not coming to Tanglewood. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not getting a blanket and getting a bottle of wine with the rest of my friends, and you know, bringing our live, laugh, love signs as we hold them up in the air for James. It was a joke. I'm not going to the James Taylor show. However, I am going to the They Might Be Giants show on July sixth for thirty five dollars a ticket. We both are, and you know yeah. what? We saved a bundle. How about that? How about that? But uh, I couldn't even imagine the traffic nightmare that this thing caused. Just, oh. to, just to just I for mean, that it, one it, night. I mean, just to just to get a, just to get anywhere near Foxborough, like on the Pike. Everyone was saying, "Do not go to, do not get on the Pike." And if you don't have tickets, don't come here. Yeah, d- just get out. Yeah, but they did anyway. They all showed up. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny with a high of 72. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 74. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. See those golden... Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 751 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be nice and sunny today with a high of 72. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. The uh, the daily podcast is going to get posted after 10 o'clock this morning. If you missed any part of the Bax and Nagel show, now you can find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on rock102.com. Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest is Richie Faulkner, guitar player for Judas Priest. Talk about uh, the band, uh, their upcoming album, and about how he almost died uh, in uh, 2021 from an aortic dissection that should have killed him. But he uh, he came back. He's got a brand new album with his new band called uh, Elegant Weapons. Really, really cool stuff. And again, check that out on rock102.com. All right, let's get into it. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Okay. Well, uh, you know, as you talked about with Cohen earlier, that a great sports story unfolded over the weekend that included a direct Hole in one, Michael Block is a teaching is a teaching golf pro in Mission Viejo, California. He's only made the cut four times in twenty four PGA events. Yesterday on the fifteenth hole, he teed off and the ball landed perfectly in the hole for an ace. Here's the uh, what happened as the crowd goes wild. We can dial this trajectory right. He looks very good. He's got the distance right. Oh, wow. I appreciate but you, you making me cry. I'm living a dream. I'm making sure that I enjoy this moment. I've learned that after my 46 years of life. It's not going to get better than this. There's no way. 
no chance in hell. And cheers to the 29,000 uh, PGA Tour professionals, PGA professionals in the world. It's for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? Uh, what's the, the bad part about it is yeah. everybody that you heard cheering. Yeah. He's got to buy a round of drinks in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah, that's gonna, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna wipe out your purse. Yeah, that's why if I ever get a hole-in-one, i got to buy a round of drinks. I hope nobody is there. I hope that's true. Because I, I don't want to pay for drinks for everybody. The, the whole idea of buying drinks for anybody is just ridiculous <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> I told you about that guy that uh, I used to work with years ago who would uh, we'd go out for like work events. Yeah. And he would, he if somebody was buying the round... Uh, you know, let's say there's six guys. He would order two Heinekens, right? And he'd be the last one to have to buy the round. And before that happened, he'd be gone. <laughs> he'd do the Irish exit and leave, you know, and not tell anybody that he was going. But he already had six beers on your dime and everybody else's dime. I think the last time I was a part of uh, buying a round for the entire house, yeah, uh, it was uh, me and a couple of friends went to the Stonewall. Oh, yeah. In Springfield, and there were like uh, just like you know five or six people, and they were said around for the whole house. Yeah, and the bill came to like forty bucks. Oh, well, it's not that expensive. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. A Rhode Island councilman was arrested after police found him sleeping in his car with cocaine and fentanyl. Here is a body cam footage, or, well, audio from the uh, arrest of the Cranston City Councilman Matthew Riley. You've taken in some fentanyl, Matt, and that's, that's you know, we've got to make sure you're, you you don't may not feel it right now, but God forbid something happens to you. Yeah, we no, be, we feel that. terrible about that, you know? I mean, there's more drugs on the scene. That seems like be like a theme in Rhode Island, wasn't it, uh, Marion Barry uh, years ago? Well, Marion Barry was in Washington. Oh, who was the oh a buddy uh, buddy Cianci, buddy Cianci. wasn't that wasn't he a drug guy? No, no, he was the kind of guy that would beat you over the head with a lit log if you found uh, you cheating on his wife. Oh, I guess I'm wrong about Rhode Island. Then they're not all drug addicts. <laughs> it's not drug addicts. No, I, no, it's a different kind of uh, different kind of connection. Violence and shakedowns. That's what it's really about. <laughs> yeah, you know, can you imagine that? Like, you know, you're so like far gone with your addiction. And you're a councilman, and this is um, the video. I think it might be time to resign. Oh no, yeah. no! This this is the time when you do your most amount of good. Is it? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, this one was uh, disturbing. An Australian OnlyFans model claims that her number one fan, who spent thousands of dollars on her site, ended up being her stepdad. Talia Madison says the man had been in her life since she was 11, and when her mom found out, she kicked him out to the curb. Here she is telling the story. When I first started my website, I had this customer who was my number one customer, bought every single thing that I sent him, and she also had a very specific username on the website. And I had someone view my TikTok page with the exact same username, and underneath that, it said, from your contacts. I narrowed it down to six people, and one of them was my stepdad. I went with my gut feeling and I messaged the website account and I said, I know who this is. And within two minutes, got a text from my stepdad saying, hey, Tay, can we talk? Oh, my God. <sighs> well, that's not awkward at all. No. That's, no. Uh, that's creepy. It's, it is. It's, uh, what is wrong with people? <laughs> Seriously. What is, is it that? Oh, wow, my stepdaughter's on OnlyFans. I better sign up. Yeah. And then you're the top. Fan, yeah. Well, I like everything she does. 
on OnlyFans. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's you know that's I, disgusting. I, that's, that's just about the worst thing you can discover about your child is that they are on OnlyFans and making money. Uh, and we'll we'll end on a different note because that was kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> and an Arkansas woman says she is uh, leaving her house after finding finding several possums inside during the day. Ew! Here is Zakaya Brown talking about the first few possums she has caught and sighted inside of her own home. Early this morning, my kids was getting ready for school. My daughter went to go brush her teeth, and it was hanging out on the turret. <laughs> Just hanging out there. We kind of like trapped him in. My 13-year-old son put gloves on and grabbed him by the tail. Because it's been more than the last two we caught in the morning time. Right before the kids go to school in the bathroom. So it's just like, no, I got to go. Oh, that is creepy. You're going to move, though? Why don't you just have somebody come in and remove all, any where the holes are, where they're coming in? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, an exterminator could patch up a wall so the possums don't get in. That seems a little extreme yeah, is. to to want to just pick up and move. It's not like, uh, you know, it was poltergeist and you had some weird haunting of your house. It's a couple of animals. Yeah. As uh, gross as that may be and scary, uh, you could find somebody to get rid of them. I'm also not going to grab a possum by the tail and, you know, lead them out of the house either. I'm not touching a wild animal. Yeah, those things freak me out. And they're nasty, too. They are. Like, uh, they, they're confrontational. They'll fight back. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I want my animals to be uh, weak and uh, scared. You know, I did yesterday, um, I used the leaf blower outside. Yeah. And as I'm blowing under this one bush out in front of my house, I see this thing moving. It, it was a little baby bunny. I had blown out of its, I don't know, wherever it was. Really? And, the thing, and I stopped the machine, and the thing was just like looking at me like, why'd you do that? <laughs> dude, Who are you? Dude, I'm living here. Wait, you, are you Gulliver? <laughs> Are you Gulliver the leaf blower guy? <laughs> you remember when Gulliver was travels and when he had the big leaf blower I on do. his back and yeah. was blowing the people away? I do. Island? That must have been scary. But he was okay. He he ran away. Well, I, that's probably had a great story to tell his parents when he got back home. Unless he was like, you know, watching the place where his parents were out. Yeah. Mom and Dad, I got blown out in the yard. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you one of those only fan buddies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's your biggest subscriber, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and that is now Hear This. It is 7.59 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102.1. Adams with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, 72 for a high today and sunny. It's 56 right now in downtown Springfield. Make sure you do your thing. Steve, before we get into any of the exciting uh, content, uh, you know, the big yeah. meat of, uh, of this uh, particular break, uh, it's time to give away the keyword to cash. Go for it. All right? Okay. This is worth a 1000 bucks. maybe, if you're lucky enough to write this down and then put it into the Rock 102 website. Today's keyword is bucks. Bucks. As in, I would like to win a 1000 bucks. B-U-C-K-S. That's a B. Not some other letter. It's B. I like how you had to look at that last letter to make sure that it was an S. I because I almost thought it was going to be a Z. Mm. You know how cl- you know, clever yeah. radio people can be. Anyway, uh, now that you know the word bucks, you go to rock102.com and enter it for your chance to win a thousand dollars. You'll have until midnight tonight to enter that word yeah. for a chance at a thousand bucks. Your thousand dollar keyword again is bucks. B u c k s. Bucks. Good luck to you from Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. We used to seal those cigarettes uh, when I was a kid. 
at the uh, local convenience store. Buck's cigarettes. Did you? Yeah, that was the that was the era where cigarettes and t- and like chewing tobacco were right on the counter where oh, everybody yeah. could just grab them right off the front when you got there. And then somebody <laughs> said, "Hey, maybe this is not the best idea. Yeah, maybe we should put them far away, like the rest yeah. of them." Uh, so I had a, a great weekend. Uh, it started uh, Thursday night with that grand opening at Chris Marion's studio. Yeah, at uh, in uh, over in uh, Gasoline Alley, and then Friday went over to Autumn Mist Farm. For, mm-hmm. for uh for lunchtime there. How the did you have that uh, roast beef sandwich? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. And? It's the roast beef sandwich with the uh, with the uh, caramelized onions and 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 mushrooms on it. Oh, yeah. And the, and then it and then it's got they give you au jus to go with it. Oh my god. And then it's topped with horseradish cheddar. Get out of t- Really? Yeah, it's Nothing fantastic. about that sandwich didn't sound fantastic. Mm, it was it was delicious. So good that on the way home from Northern Nurseries on Saturday afternoon, I stopped and got another one. Really? Well, because it's on the way. It Two days in a w- row? Eh, listen, you can't it, when you have good food, you can't deny it. Deny yeah, it. man. So, uh, well, then we may have to make an extra stop. Uh, but Friday night I did the uh the comedy for a cause. It was um I don't know if that's what it's called. It's something. It's some kind of fundraiser, but it's for the YMCA uh, of Greater Westfield, and uh, that was a great show. That was with Michael Winslow. Yeah, they had a, they had a packed house in there, and uh, they had an auction of all kinds of different items going on there. They mm-hmm. had uh, like movie posters and things. Let me, like ask, that. You, let me yeah. ask you this: Did Winslow do like a lot of uh, you know crazy noises with his mouth? You know, I got to say... Or did he I, move on from that? I didn't know what to expect from his stand-up because I had seen clips and, you know, when I when I was a kid, I would see him on some variety shows and he would just basically just be doing, uh, like, movies, movie sure. scenes, things like that because he could do that. This was a, a basically a music show. He came out and he had this computer with him <clears throat> that he would... Make a sound and he'd and, loop it, and then he'd loop it on the computer. Well, so did you ever see uh, Reggie Watts do that on uh, on Conan? He used to do that every yeah, now and then yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. did really. It was wicked cool. Yeah, and 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 uh, th- this was uh, just pretty much just like that. And he wow. would, he would do all these sounds, and then he went into like he did a, a thing about Prince. He did a thing about uh, it was rock. Uh, he did he he just did a variety of different musical pieces that's cool and uh scenarios and it was a, it was a pretty good show and uh, everybody seemed to have a good time I, nice. I did five minutes wow did it crush did you crush i i think it went okay i you know i t- remember i was telling you on uh on friday that like when you come see me at a show yeah like, the material is a lot dirtier than something you would hear on this program right on this radio program uh so just to be expecting that but that's like a place you can't that particular event, you gotta reel it in a little bit, like you, because well, it's charity. Yeah, because some people are there for the comedy show, but some people are not. They're yeah. just there to support the YMCA. So you have to take that into consideration. Not this isn't everybody's, you know, bag uh, to to listen to my kind of material. That's that's true. So uh, I you're, but, sometimes you're a lot to take. I am a lot to take. I'm very. I'm too much to take. <laughs> so 
But then Saturday, I, yes. I, I go over to the uh, the Northern Nurseries and Design Center in uh, in Suffield. Man, listen to you. I know. I'm like touring all over Western wow. Massachusetts. Oh, and then I had to bring my kids to a parade up in Chester for the Chester on Track thing. Oh, for crying out loud. I know. It, 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 it like, never ends. No. And then uh, Saturday night, I uh, I was lucky enough to open up for uh, uh, Mary, Mary Lynn uh, Reischkub. That's how you say your last Reischke, name. Reischkub, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was pretty cool. That was at the Loft Comedy Club in Chicopee. Now, I had never been there other than when it was September's. Yeah. Years ago, we... We, we did work did, releases up there. We did work releases. We did... Uh, I did a comedy show up there, you know, probably back in 2010, uh, and they have revamped that place. It it's beautiful. Well, Marty Marty said, if you've ever been there before, you will not recognize the place. You, you, I, I couldn't even recognize like from the when I saw it the first time when it was all still the old bar uh, era, and there was the bar was like right in the middle. Now the bars moved to the side, and it's much more open in there. And uh, clean bathrooms, really at a comedy club. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was like it's like you don't find too many clean bathrooms at bars. Listen, I've been to comedy clubs where the toilets were just there for suggestion. Yeah, <laughs> it was not. It, there was no practical use for you know, trying to aim. No, and and uh, but but it was a, it's a really nice place, and uh, I, I like I said, Mary Mary Lynn from Twenty Four. Yeah, uh, she was awesome. She, do, do you remember her being in the studio yet? I kind of do. <laughs> And I kind of mentioned that to her. I was like, "Listen, my co my co host says uh, you were in the studio like four years ago." And yeah, I vaguely remember you being there. <laughs> and then she goes, "What station?" And I said, "Rock 102." And she goes, "I vaguely remember that too." Yeah, right. So, so yeah. That was no, she was good. definitely here. But uh, she gave me she gave me some tips, which was uh, which I I thought was pretty good. Okay. Because I have this joke, and I'm I can't tell you what the joke is on the air. I actually I performed it for you off the air. Oh, that joke. Yeah. The, I thought it was a great concept. It was a great concept, but, and it would get mixed reactions to it because it's a pretty controversial topic mm -hmm. uh, that when you even mention the word, people are like, you're going to talk about that? And uh, the two times, now see, I Barry came to the show. Barry Krieger came to the show on Saturday night. Okay. Came to the first one. Now, when I did the show at the shortstop a few weeks ago, he came to the first one as well. Okay. And he said to me, you're still going for that one, aren't you? Because it, re <laughs> it didn't really get a lot of laughs. It was more of like a cringe moment yeah. when I started talking about it. And I said, but I believe in this. I believe in this joke, and I know it can work because it worked at the second show at the shortstop. And then it eventually worked at the second show on Saturday. But- Afterwards, I had gotten off the stage and I said to uh, Mary Lynn, I was like, I don't know, I think I should just drop that one. And she goes, Here it is. here's what it is. It's a funny, funny joke. Yeah. But it's coming from a guy like you. <laughs> <laughs> and it, she wasn't trying to be insulting about it. She was actually very helpful. Yeah. Because I'm talking about something that I really have no business talking about. Right. Except, you know, the thing is, you can make the same argument that, like, Louis C.K. would make that kind of joke. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's the kind of, it's that kind of joke. Yeah. And maybe what you need in that joke 
is a third line out of nowhere. Or like like a reworking of the joke to, to it, make it a little bit more comfortable for ex- people to laugh Exactly. At. Yeah. Like you can have, like what he'll do is like he'll he'll mention a topic that he knows is just going to get groans from everybody. Yeah. And then as soon as he does that, it's a one-two punch. Yeah, see, I... And that's it. It's not just a one punch. Yeah. It's got to have another one. And you don't see that other one coming. Well, see, that was the thing. I did add something to the joke the second show, okay, which kind of, kind of softened the blow of what I had just said. Yeah, right. You know, you you just mentioned the word, people you go Ugh, like, oh my goodness. But you know, it shouldn't yeah. really be that way, especially if if it's just if it's only just a part of the setup. It, it shouldn't be that way because I'm not taking a side. Yeah, no. of, of what this issue is about. I'm actually just presenting somebody who uh, that I knew that uh, that, yeah. that did this, and that's the shocking part to me <laughs> is, you know, but again, I wish I could tell the joke, but yeah, I can't I know, tell you can. the joke here. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool that she actually, li- you know, most of these headliners that you run into, they don't listen to the opening acts. They just, they're in the green room. And yeah, they're, they're, is- they're away from the action. So the green room at the Loft Comedy Club is off, is just open right off to the side. It's like being in a studio apartment green room, you know, <laughs> of the thing. But I, I, I just thought that was uh, that was pretty cool that she she kind of gave me some feedback on that yeah. and, and took some time to discuss it with me rather than just, you know, blow you off about it. But uh, successful weekend. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Uh, it's 822. We're back to Nagel and Rock 102. GG Inks. Screen print. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 829 and Rush with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be a nice day today. Sunny and a high of 73. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, A little bit later on, we're going to talk to someone from the Westfield Starfires. Right? Ooh, the Westfield Starfires. Yes, uh, they're uh, opening their season. And uh, Chris Thompson from the uh, Starfires will be here in uh, probably about 15 minutes or so. All right. I'll be waiting for him. Very good. We have news next to Rock 102. 833 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Gary Rum Hyundai. Go to Gary Rum Hyundai today and get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Listen, I know there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world, uh, you know, around Springfield, but uh, this one uh, out of Connecticut kind of grabbed my attention. A hairless cat who was stolen back in January will be reunited with her owner later today. It obviously happened over the weekend because the story is from two days ago. On January 22nd, Shelton police responded to a burglary in a hotel room. There were no apparent signs of forced entry, but several items were stolen, including the victim's hairless cat, Princess. Two people were arrested in February, 20-year-old Zaire Lopez and 24-year-old Tawny Douglas Alves, uh, after a thorough investigation. Unfortunately, Princess was not found. The pair were charged with burglary third degree, larceny third degree, conspiracy to commit burglary third degree, and conspiracy to commit larceny in the third degree. Mm-hmm. Makes the first and second degree look like... Uh, like child's parties. This week, a uh, woman from Massachusetts called detective saying she bought a hairless cat in Bridgeport and learned it may have been stolen. It's Princess. Detectives met with the woman today and she turned over the cat. She sure it was that cat? I guess so. They were able to confirm that it was Princess. Police say Princess will be reunited with her owner. Uh, we appreciate the integrity of the female who purchased the cat for $1,300. What? And notified police uh, once she learned that the cat was stolen so the animal could go back to the rightful owner. $1,300 for a hairless cat? 
Do you have to? Oh, this thing is nasty looking. Do you have to shave it yourself? No, it looks like it comes hair free. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, Detectives are still investigating the circumstances regarding the stolen cat. This thing is nasty looking. It's on uh, Channel 3's website. But, um, well, you know, the thing is, uh, yeah, hairless cats are very popular. Why? Because they're unusual. Okay, but aren't they cold? Aren't they? Well, you, uh, you put you, you you put a sweater on them. Well, look like a nice like kitty parka, or uh, you know, blankets. Leave them in a in a warm space. They're not really meant to be outdoors. They they, they shouldn't be meant to be owned by anyone. What are you talking are about? They, are there? they breeded? Are they bred this way? Um. Well, there there are certain. It is a genetic mutation. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some are, uh, you know, they're, they're very, they are very, very popular. People love a hairless cat. I'm sorry. Someone lost their hair on their pussy cat. <laughs> I was just reminded. Yeah, that, uh, right. Somebody had a hairless. Yeah, right. Pussy cat. I've been looking at pictures of a bunch of hairless cats and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they look all that, uh. I mean, some of them are a little uh, frightening to look at, but uh, for the most part, they're as adorable and as cuddly as any other cat, just without fur. That's gross and weird. I don't know why you'd want one of these things in your home. You know, for a bald guy, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. Would you, would you, would you want to be judged on your baldness? I am every day, and nobody has taken me in. Because you're not house trained. Yeah. And you know what? The people that have taken me in have kicked me to the curb anyway. Because you don't know how to go to the box. No, because uh, nobody wants a hairless man and nobody wants a hairless cat either. Lots of people like a hairless man, Steve. I'm sure of it. Do you know what it's like walking around looking like a phallic symbol all day? No. I, I don't think you have any idea what that's like. I have no idea because I'm uh, I'm hairy high and low. Oh, look at look at that. Uh it's a it's a Thor hammer with glasses. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve. Oh, Steve nothing. That's a you know, I don't know anybody nobody should be owning hairless cats. Uh, the final night of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour at Gillette Stadium was last night. Fans from near and far traveled to see the pop star. Somebody delivered a baby after the show. Really? Yeah. Induced? No, I believe she went into labor in the parking lot leaving the show. Interesting. Uh, well, that's see. a story to tell. Baby delivered Taylor. I, do, I know I saw this this morning. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Years from now, that kid can grow up and say, yeah, hey, you go. know what? My parents spent entirely too much money on tickets uh, at a Taylor Swift concert and on the day I was born. Well, this actually happened on Saturday night. One woman began a new era, get it, because that was the name of the tour, right? in Gillette Stadium uh, parking lot Saturday night after going into labor after the concert. The Foxborough Fire Department says the woman called 911 around 11.30 p.m. after she began having contractions. The woman was taken to the hospital in an ambulance, and she delivered the baby at the hospital. Uh, it would have been better if you did it in the uh, in the parking lot. I guess. Uh, the woman was, uh, she was taken and delivered. Uh, fire officials say they believe both mom and baby are doing okay. The story has been circulating on social media with some fans who posted about going to the concert pregnant, proactively confirming they had not yet given birth. Sunday night was the last show, uh, as well as the pop star's 13th show at Gillette Stadium. That's her lucky number. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah. How about that? I I, I would have thought uh, you know, one point two billion dollars for the one show that she did was her lucky number. <laughs> I would have thought five thousand would have been her lucky number, since that's what the average ticket cost was. I just uh, again, uh, I don't think anybody's worth that much to go see. And a lot, you know, the people that did go, and I'm being told by several people that they got these tickets for about five hundred bucks a piece. That's more reasonable, but than it's not fit- reasonable. No, it, it's, no, but it's it's more understandable to spend yes. five hundred dollars on a ticket than it is to spend fifteen hundred dollars. I totally, on a ticket. I totally agree. But for and 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 five hundred hours to me is is excessive. But for five thousand dollars, which you know we were talking about on Friday, was what was uh, being asked for on StubHub and some of those other secondary websites, right? For five thousand dollars. Taylor Swift should mow my lawn and make me lunch. I think she should do a hell of a lot more than that. Well, I, that's at the minimum. I, I'm going to ask for some extra things once lunch is done. Listen, uh, you're kind of, it, it's like the whole strip club thing. You don't you don't have sex at a strip club, but you get effed at a strip club. You know what I mean? Metaphorically sp- speaking. Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking, anybody who spent fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> just got effed by Taylor Swift. Especially the guy with twenty one thousand dollars that he spent oh, on the tickets for his kid. Good God. Why would you do that? I mean, I know you love your kid. Well wait, what's your kid how much pleasure is your kid giving you, really? I mean, what, listen, what, are they, what are they doing for you? What how how were they holding up the end of their bargain? I explained to my kid, and she got it. She understood. Like we just we just don't have that money to be wasting on on things. Yes. And, and, you know, we even talked about how, you know, some of the vacations we've taken over uh, the last uh, couple of years. Right. We did like a whole like helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. That's a right? that's that's a big deal. And a, and a four a five day uh, vacation at a hotel, uh, you know, all of that stuff with a helicopter ride cost about thirty eight hundred bucks, which for three people. Yeah. Now you're talking. $1,500 for one ticket to a two-hour show. Right. Here's here's how here's how the conversations amongst families should be. Yeah. Okay? Hear me out. You gather your children around, and you say, Children, I love you, but not enough for $5,000 tickets. Mm. You guys are going to have to really step it up. It's not, it's not about the love. Father's portion. Day is coming up. Uh, you know, Christmas is like uh, 200 days away from now. You're really going to have to show it's, how much you love me before yeah. I show how much you, I literally love you. It's not about showing you. Sometimes it's okay to say, listen, this is part of life, and here is a disappointing outcome to that, that you're not going to get tickets to go see this woman. Right. That's just the way it's going to be. Right. Now we can watch one of her old concerts on Netflix. And turn up the stereo to make it sound like we're actually at a concert. But we don't have to, you know. You and then, to. then I'm going to go hide the car like three miles away, and you can go find the car after the show is done. It would be one thing if, like, all the kids at school had tickets to Taylor Swift and we didn't. You know what I mean? I think that would be more impactful. But I think, you know, they get it. Like, yeah. nobody can afford these tickets. There's only a certain amount of people that were lucky enough to get them for the lower and, price. And, and even if you could afford them, do you really feel good about spending the money that you spent to get them? 
I would say it's impossible. Especially when you go there and it rains. It, yeah, it's, it's it freaking pouring. Pours. Right. You're in the rain after dropping $5,000 on a pair, on a single ticket. You feel really good about that decision? Because I wouldn't. No, I would not. Your no. Pi- your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, sunny and nice with a high of 73. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 74. It's 61 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. When you're the king of all things sight. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 in ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, It is going to be a nice day today. Uh, Sunny with a high of 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 74. It's 61 right now in downtown Springfield. Baseball's coming back to uh, Westfield. The uh, Westfield Starfires are about to open up their season. And in the studio is right now, owner and founder Chris Thompson. It's good to see you. Great to see you, fellas. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So tell us about uh, you getting ready for the big season. The game starts in two days, right? We First do. Day. We have our, we're celebrating the fifth anniversary of Starfires baseball this summer. We open up on Wednesday and Thursday with a couple of kids opening days. Uh, those are going to be field trips for local elementary and middle school students. And our opening night, the big festivities, will be Saturday, May 27th. Uh, we're opening up. The gates at 5 p.m. for a pregame concert, and uh, we're going to have third wheel down in the beer garden, and uh, the game starts at 6.30 p.m. Gates open at 5. Th- third wheel is the band? That is correct. That's the one that's playing the, the, the entertainment for the night. Yes, yes. Dan Bissett and his boys will be here. Uh, we're excited to have them. Now, this is uh, you said the five years that you've owned uh, the team? Yes. Now, the, the league is the, uh, the Futures Collegiate Baseball League of New England. Uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, about that league and, and uh, you know how many teams are in it and, and, and a little bit more about what's going on there. Yeah, the Futures League, we have eight clubs within New England. So we're down in Connecticut, in New Britain, the old New Britain Stadium. You might remember yeah. the New Britain Rock Cats, the former yeah. New Britain Red Sox, down at Dodd Stadium in Norwich. We go all the way up to uh, Lake Champlain. There's Futures League baseball up in Burlington, Vermont, Campanelli Stadium in Brockton. Uh, it's a terrific league. Um, you know, strong ownership and the Futures League. We were one of the only leagues in the country to play during the 2020 pandemic, mm. so we haven't missed a beat. We've been playing five straight years. Now, a lot of the, the players on the team, a lot of them are local, but there are some that uh, are you know from way out of town. There's a couple kids here from uh, from South Carolina. There's a couple from uh, Arizona, but uh, for the most part, it's a, a lot of local kids who were on this team. We do recruit from around the country. We just signed the uh, backup catcher at University of Miami, uh, J.D. He's from from Colorado. Um, You know, we have kids that come in from Alfred State, uh, Rutgers, great baseball program at the University of Connecticut. But, no, when we started the franchise, the goal was to give kids from Western Mass a chance to play at a high level. Uh, We always said we'd have at least one player from Westfield itself and one player from Westfield State University. We have a nice relationship with their baseball program, um, so it's it's a it's a good mix. And actually, we have a, a workout today at the field at 11 a.m. The players reported yesterday, and they'll be coming in over the next several days and the next couple of weeks based on their college season. So you'll some of these um, you know student athletes are still in their conference tournament, and they might come in all the way up until you know the second week of June. And you're uh, you're kicking off on uh, Wednesday against the uh, New Britain, is it? New, the New Britain Bees, right? That's correct. There you go. See, I got this wrong. 
It's, it's like I knew you were coming, and I got all this information right You have your cheat sheet in front of you. Beautiful <laughs> yeah. thing. Must be nice. Well, I, I went to a couple of games last year with the kids, and uh, what I mean, it's a fan-friendly experience uh, to go there. It's a great night out, especially on a nice summer night. Uh, you get to go, you know, you get the concession stands and all that stuff, and uh, it's a lot of fun going yeah, on. Yeah, Steve, there. the goal for 2023, our fifth anniversary season, we significantly wanted to upgrade the fan experience, specifically the food and beverage. Uh, so we have a new partnership with the North Elm Butcher Block. It's a 90-year institution in downtown Westfield, the Puza family, third generation. Uh, Dan has really stepped up his business. He has a smoker, a couple of food trucks. So you're going to be able to get all of the Butcher Block favorites at Bullens Field this summer. We're bringing the barbecue to Bullens Field, pulled pork sandwiches, mac and cheese bowls. I heard you earlier this morning, you were talking about the roast beef sandwich. You're going to be able to come down here and get bases loaded fries, burnt ends, yeah, I've I've driven by the butcher block when they have that open in their parking lot, and the line is like usually you know stretched down the middle of uh, the street there. So I, I can see how popular that would be. Uh, so there you go, great concessions as well. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, fans can come actually have a nice dinner, uh, enjoy a game at the at Billy Bones Field. This is uh, Chris Thompson from the uh, Westfield Starfires. You know, you're talking off the air. We're talking about uh, like attendance figures, and uh, you're talking about like you know a thousand folks per game, which is actually you know. At a small field on Notre Dame Street, that's actually really good, really good crowd. Yeah, we'll be pushing uh, about a thousand this Wednesday in the grandstands with uh, our field trip games with several elementary schools in attendance. Um, you're really on top of the field, and it's it's tremendous energy for our players to play in front of that crowd. Um, we're a stadium league, so most of the franchises in and around New England they're former minor league markets. Then you have Billy Bones Field. Like you said, right on the campus of Westfield Tech Academy, um, our players are accessible. They love signing autographs. Um, you can actually walk right up to the fence by the dugout. You're really on the field. It's a very intimate setting. It's a, it's an interesting um, place to play summer collegiate baseball. Did they ever? Did they still do that uh, old timey baseball there. Remember where they used to dress up uh, like they were from the 1800s and wear the uniforms and all that stuff. Is that still going on? They do. They play in and around. Western Massachusetts or Northern Connecticut, there's a team, the Westfield Wheelmen, uh, that play a few games in the summer as well. Oh, that, that's kind of neat. That's it's, very cool. It's, it's, it's like yeah. a flashback in time. But that's not associated with you guys, right? It's just a different thing. All right. Well, I'm sorry I mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm, ju- I'm just trying to get people interested else. in coming out to the field, like all the things that you got going on. Yeah, there. so we have um, – we're bringing back the Westfield Gas and Electric post-game fireworks celebration. That's yeah. going to be Friday, June 9th. We have a cornhole tournament that same weekend, Sunday, June 11th, which is in partnership with 413 Cornhole and the Young Professional Society of Greater Springfield. That should be an awesome afternoon. Uh, We have a hometown heroes game, which is in June, to celebrate and recognize our local police, fire, EMT, dispatch folks. Um, We're also going to be launching, in partnership with the Fighting 104th up at Barnes, we're going to have a uh, F-35 jersey. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, everyone's going to wear, all the players will wear number 35, and it would be a pretty cool design on the chest. Um, so we have a really nice relationship with Barnes. For those that aren't aware, the Starfires, the namesake is uh, after the F-94 Lockheed Starfire. That's when we were born in 2019. Um, we won the Futures League Community Relations Program of the Year last season based on our relationship with the 104th and our military appreciation night so we're very proud of, uh, of that relationship also uh tickets for the games are only like 10 bucks it's totally reasonable 
Yeah, and what we did, Bax, is that coming out of the pandemic, we just made everything general admission. Yeah. Uh, what we what we realized after surveying fans, they don't want an assigned seat. They just want to walk around the ballpark. So ten bucks. Uh, also online, ten dollars is no fees. Do you realize how how many uh, Westfield Starfire games you can go to get? <laughs> would equal like one Taylor Swift ticket. Yeah, yeah. A lot. You can, you can buy well, 150 of them times ten dollars. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think a, a, a dollar ticket. I don't even think a season membership costs that much. So we actually do half half off. So for um, you know season membership is five bucks a ticket. You can buy a flex pack for ninety nine dollars. It gets you twenty anytime vouchers. So that's a deal of the century. Westfieldstarfires.com. Just look under our season membership tab, and you can buy. Twenty anytime vouchers for for ninety nine bucks. Awesome, very cool. Chris Thompson from the uh, the Westfield Starfires. Great to see you. Best of luck this season. Thanks for coming in, Back, Steve. Thank you very much. It's eight fifty eight with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two.